Welcome to Faith Bible Church's Midweek in the Word podcast, where we are together seeking to become better readers, hearers, and doers of the Word each week. Hello, Faith family, and uh, welcome to Midweek in the Word this week. As always, I am Pastor Brad, um, but not as always. I am I am not actually joined by a preaching pastor, Pastor Tom, uh, this morning in light of the current situation with coronavirus. Tom was not able to join me. Uh, don't worry, he's feeling fine. He's, he's not sick or anything. Um, he just wasn't able to join me in light of scheduling adjustments. Um, and this week, as uh, obviously with cancellation of services this last Sunday, we have no sermon to review. Um, but I want to take a little bit of time, and I, I, I want us to prep for Joshua this Sunday, as Tom will be preaching that message, as we'll be delivering it online uh, to our body. I want to take a little bit of time, and, and I want to prepare us for the study of Joshua this Sunday, because I think it's really relevant in light of current developments and what's going on. Um, in our country and in our community. Uh, Currently, we're living through somewhat unprecedented times, as many of you are well aware. Um, And I know that currently there is a a tendency, um, a a leaning toward uh, living in fear and anxiety, worried about what the future holds, worried about what the implications might be uh, for our families, what the implications might be for our church, what the implications might be for our jobs or our futures. Um, and, and I chose to do the podcast a little bit differently this week because I think the story of Joshua really addresses this tendency in all of us. So, so my hope is, our prayer is that this podcast will be both an encouragement to you in this season of uncertainty and will help prepare your heart for Tom's message on Joshua, uh, which will be coming out Sunday, and hopefully you will be able to listen to with your uh, family at home. Um, but but before we get there, before, before we kind of move into Joshua, I want to take a moment, um, and I want to make sure that we know where we're at in the story. Uh, I want to make sure that we, we move backward uh, before we move forward um, of what has happened over the course of the first five books in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, um, and where the story is currently at right now. So let's, let's take a moment, let's remember together, remember the story of Genesis. Remember that God created mankind for his glory to rule over creation. He put Adam and Eve in the garden and told them to not eat from one tree. But mankind, Adam and Eve, rebelled by eating, and then they continued to rebel over and over and over again as the cycles continue, as death continued in the world. So God recreates the world. Um, He sends a worldwide flood wipes all of humanity and sin off the face of the earth, but he saves one family. He saves Noah in the ark of safety. But unfortunately, even after all this, the depravity of mankind continues. So God calls out one man. His name at the time was Abram. We know him as Abraham. And God tells him to follow God, and he will give him a land, a seed, and through him all the nations of the world will be blessed. Ultimately, we move through his son Isaac and his son Jacob, and then ultimately his 12 sons who become the nation of Israel and move down to Egypt due to a famine. 
But these people, this this nation that God has created from Abraham's line, they're slaves rather than in the promised land as God promised to or Abraham. That brings us to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is about how God calls Moses to lead them out of Egypt, to rescue them from Egypt. So God defeats the Egyptians and Pharaoh with 10 plagues, parts the Red Sea so they can escape on dry land, and leads them through the wilderness with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, and continually provides for them food and water and what they need while they're in the wilderness. After saving them, God then gives them his good law at Mount Sinai. But how will this messed up people live in the presence of a holy God? That is precisely what the book of Leviticus speaks to. God begins to give his law to the people of Israel, establishing his moral expectations, giving them the correct worship of him, helping them understand how their nation should work, and ultimately how the people can know that they're ritually clean or unclean so they can be in the presence of a holy God. But the people still aren't in the land God promised to Abraham. And that's when we find ourselves in the book of Numbers. The people prepare to enter the land. They start their journey toward the promised land of Canaan. And Moses, when they arrive, sends 12 spies into Canaan. One being Joshua, who we're going to get to talking about this week. But everyone other than Joshua and Caleb are scared of the inhabitants of land. The people rebel, and they even refuse to go into the land. So God gives them what they asked for. God makes them wander 40 more years in the desert until that generation that refused to enter the land due to their fear dies. Finally, at the end of the book of Numbers, the new generation comes back to the land, but this new generation needs to renew the covenant and hear the promises for themselves before entering the land. That's the book of Deuteronomy. Moses gives five sermons where God reminds his people what all he did to rescue them. He reminds them that they are his people. He reminds them that they should be faithful to God once they occupy the land. Otherwise, the blessings will be replaced with curses and they will ultimately be removed from the land. And then Deuteronomy wraps up with Joshua taking over from Moses as the leader of God's people. And that is where we find ourselves as we hear the charge that Joshua gives or that that God gives to Joshua at the beginning of the book of Joshua. So I just want to take a moment and I, and I want to read Joshua 1 verses 1 through 9 because I think this is something that we need to hear currently as well. If you've got a Bible, read along with me. If you're in your car, uh, just listen. Um, Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, I just want to note three quick things from what God told Joshua here in this passage in Joshua 1. The first thing is that God told Joshua to depend on his word. Verses 7 and 8 is very clear on this subject. When God says to Joshua, be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the left or to the right, that you may have good success. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. It's interesting that God told Joshua that his success was dependent on his commitment to God's word. As he entered the land, Joshua and the people's commitment to the word of God would affect their success as they conquered the land. Secondarily, God told Joshua to rely on his power, on God's power, not Joshua's power. Three times in this passage in verse 6, 7, and 9, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous because his courage was to be reliant upon God's power. The problem that the original 12 spies had when they tried to enter the land that that Joshua was a part of that team was they weren't strong and courageous because they weren't reliant upon God's power. They saw the enemy, they saw the opposition, and they were frightened before it because they failed to see the power of their God. And then thirdly, God tells Joshua to remember his presence. In verses 5 and 9, we see God saying this to Joshua, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then down in verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This concept of the Lord your God being with you is constantly brought up in the book of Deuteronomy. God again and again reminds his people that he is with them. See, and both of the previous commands, the idea of being dependent upon his word and Joshua being reliant upon God's power, depend on remembering God's presence. See, the important thing for Joshua in this moment to remember was not whether or not he faced a real enemy, not whether or not there was a real threat. The reality is the city of Jericho and the people of Canaan were a very real threat. There was a real enemy. There was a real battle that was going to be faced. But all of that paled in comparison to the God that Joshua served. The reality was while the enemy was serious, while the enemy was powerful, 
God's presence with Joshua brought a certainty of his victory. See, the reason I think these three things are important to remember is I, I think in this season, both as a church and in this season as a community and as a country, we need to remember these things too. It's easy to get away from God's word in this season, isn't it? I wake up first thing in the morning and initially what comes to my mind isn't, how do I be reliant upon God's word? How do I hear from God this day, this week? But my mind immediately goes to what has developed with the coronavirus over the course of the night. What additional cases are there? Has it, has it appeared in our community? Is there, is there some infection that I need to be concerned with? And it's easy to get away from the daily dependence upon God's word. The whole reason we're doing this sermon series in 2020 and coming back to an emphasis on reading God's word daily is because we recognize this is the bread of life. This is what we need to hear day in and day out to be sustained. In Christ's words, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But secondarily, I think it's easy to succumb to fear and anxiety in our current culture. It's really easy to be fearful about what could happen. It's really easy to be fearful about what is happening, to worry about what the future holds, to worry about what the implications are for our church, what the implications are for our loved ones, what the implications are for our jobs. And again, it's not that those fears aren't real. It's not that the enemy isn't threatening. It's not that the future is certain. But God reminds Joshua that he is more powerful than all of it. He reminds Joshua that he has the control, that he is the one that will win the battle. And his reminder to Joshua is therefore, not in light of the enemy, but in light of who God is, be strong and very courageous. And I think we need to remember that in our current season. But then thirdly and lastly, it's easy to forget God's sovereign presence. It's easy to forget as we, as we look at the world around us, as we look at what the future holds, that God is with us. I think of Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus reminds his disciples to go and make disciples. But his encouragement at the end of those verses is, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. But as we see madness and chaos in the world around us, as we watch the news and as we hear daily reports of things that seem to be getting worse, it's easy to forget about God's sovereign presence with us. It's easy to forget that God has this into control and that he is with us as we work through the challenges. It's not that the, the future, we know what's going to happen, and it's not that there aren't potentially going to be challenges, that there aren't potentially going to be pains and fears, but knowing that God is with us in that moment and he has control of the future is an incredible reassurance in this season. I can't help but think of 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So my encouragement to you this week, my, I, I would just urge you to consider these things as you pray and as you wait on what the future holds right now. 
We don't know what the future will look like. We don't know what tomorrow or the next day will bring. But what we do know is that God is always faithful. We do know that we need to hear from God daily in his word if we're going to have the peace that God grants. We know that we need to combat the fear and anxiety we see in the world around us, and we even sense in our own hearts in this season. And we know that we need to remember that God is with us. So I just want to leave you with those thoughts, and I want to urge you to consider how you can engage with that reality over the course of this week, how how you can exemplify the peace of the gospel in your work, with your friends, in your neighborhood, on your social media account, in whatever influencing areas, in your square mile, as Tom likes to put it. How can you exemplify the reality of the gospel, the peace of knowing that God has it under control, and ultimately your soul is secure because of what Christ has done for you? How can you exemplify that to a watching world that doesn't know what the future is going to hold? Take some time to consider that as you pray and prepare your heart for Sunday's message. So I just I just want to I just want to wrap up by by thanking you for joining me this week, um, maybe encouraging you um, as you consider some of these things to reread Exodus seventeen eight through sixteen and Joshua one as you prepare your hearts for Tom's message on Sunday and what he's going to be delivering about the story of Joshua, and 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 I just want to leave you with the words of Psalm forty six, um, I think it so well puts where our heart and our reliance should be in this season. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy or habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I would just encourage you to dwell on those words, remind yourself of the promises that scripture makes to us in uncertain times. And I hope that you will join us again next week as hopefully we will be back to our normal format of asking Tom about his message, seeing what he had to say about Joshua and beginning to to continue to consider um, some concepts of how we study the Bible. Um, But until then, just know that Pastor Tom and I will be praying for you. The elders are praying for you. We're praying that not only will you not give in to a spirit of fear and anxiety in this season, but that God will use this season to glorify himself in our country, in our community, and to enlarge your vision of who he is in light of this difficult time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As you're reading this week, be encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. 
do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth.